When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN SC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Shaka Hislop and Stevie Nicol. That's it, the January transfer window is over, but some big deals done on the final day. No bigger than Enzo making that British record move from Benfica to Chelsea for a reported 121 million euros. Elsewhere, leaving Chelsea, Jorginho surprisingly heading to league leaders Arsenal. Meanwhile, Christian Eriksen out. We learned today of course till April Savica coming in as another body in Ten Hag squad he makes that loan move from Bayern to United Pedro Porro also on loan, on loan to Spurs from Sporting and Jao Cancelo as we reported yesterday is leaving Manchester City till the end of the season and heading to Bayern Munich for more on this let's welcome in Shoei Donatich and with us as is Gavin Jules uh, we got to start with Enzo Fernandez, Gab, what a big, big signing that is, certainly financially. It's a huge signing. I mean, whenever you're, you're dealing with a release clause, um, I think he's the most expensive midfielder in history. He's the most expensive uh, player in the history of the Premier League. Uh, so I think he instantly lays down, I think, a massive, massive... Uh, it's not an enormous body of work. Six months at, at Benfica. Before that, I think he had games at, at River and at the World Cup. But uh, evidently, in that time, he's shown that he can be a, a difference maker uh, in the Champions League uh, as well, as well for a Benfica team that, that, that were flying. And um, Chelsea rolled the dice, locked him up through 2031, I believe. Another, uh, what, eight and a half year contract. Uh, Jules, I think it's fair to say that no other club in the world would have paid this figure for him. Yes, I guess you're right because Chelsea were the only one really negotiating with Benfica who really wanted to keep Enzo and his Enzo pushed and put them under pressure for them to accept the, uh, the Chelsea offer, which is the full release clause, 120 million euros, like Gab was saying. I think the fear for Chelsea was, had they waited for the summer, that maybe then other clubs would have joined, would have joined the race. And then if you suddenly you find yourself from being the only one trying to make that deal to being there with Real Madrid and with Manchester City and with PSG and with maybe a few others, then it becomes more difficult. So they wanted to do that deal now. They, they knew they had to strengthen in midfield because they were, they were, they were average in midfield. They needed more better players, which, which they got with Enzo, of course. And they wanted younger players as well, which they got. He's only 22, he's got the future ahead of him. He's an incredible talent. Whether you agree with the fee or not, it doesn't matter so much. He's just a wonderful talent that will add a lot to that team. And what's striking about the story, obviously, that he just joined Benfica in the summer for 14 million and now he's going for this club record, Stevie. How much of a risk is this from a Chelsea perspective? Uh, it's... <clears throat> It's a risk because you're paying 120 million. If you're paying 60 million for him, it's not such a big risk because of the body of work that he has. Yes, it's, it's in a World Cup. But, you know, you, 
120 million. I'm looking. I'm looking for a lot of goals. I'm looking for a guy who's box to box. I'm looking for a guy who's doing both. I'm. Look, I'm looking for a guy who's doing everything. By the way, for 120 million. <laughs> so, as as far as the future, yes. Um, common sense would say he's going to get better. But again, I'm saying that. But for 120 million, you 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 want. To know exactly what you're getting. Right. I don't think you can. T- anybody can turn around after six months, pretty much at the top, that you know you're what you're getting for the next ten years. I, d- I just don't think you do. It's an incredible rise. It, it, it really is. I mean, if you're Benfica, you haven't paid what you did, and all of a sudden you, you get this payday if you're Angel Fernandez, and, and you have a contract at a club like Chelsea, and what they're paying for the next eight seasons, um, you, you take it every single time. It just doesn't make for bowling sense, as, as, we, as we've been discussing. And as far as the fee being, being a gamble, uh, I, I'm with Stevie. 120 million for, for a midfielder, regardless of how, how, we, how we slice or dice this, it's, it's a gamble. If you pay 120 million for a striker, you expect 30, 35 goals a season. I'm not sure you're getting that from Enzo Fernandez um, I, I, as a midfielder. So you, you cannot, you cannot see this as anything other than a, a, a gamble that only a club like, like Chelsea would take. Certainly right now. Don, what do you like about him? He's a player. Don't get me wrong, Dan. I think he's he, he can do the lot. He's he's a typical number eight. Um, he can play. He can sit. He knows the game. Um, I mean, Shaka said there. He's not sure you'll get thirty goals a season. I'll tell you now, he'll be nowhere near thirty goals a season. So God knows what the likes of Victor Osterman and Harry Kane are worth. The lads that stick it in the back of the net for fun. But in terms of the player, twenty-two. Um, he works hard. He likes it. He basically does everything, Dan. He does everything you'd want as a number eight. He's not just a defensive midfield player. He can get goals. He can get assists. He's got an eye for a pass. He drifts into different areas, but he's also very disciplined at the same time. And I think for someone like Graham Potter, he's definitely a player that you would build your side around for obvious reasons. You cost that amount of money. The talent is there. It's just whether you're going to get it's whether you're going to get the finished article and what you see. And listen, it's not my money. I don't care. But I've been tweeting about Caicedo in the last couple of days. And it's almost like the Premier League teams now are just going bonkers with their money. The valuations, £80 million, £120 million. There's so many of these players out there in Europe if you want to scout them and take your time. So to go from £10 million from River Plate to Benfica, then over 100 in six or seven months tells me that Chelsea have massively overpaid. Uh, Jules, how does he fit into this starting eleven, in your opinion? Oh, well, it's interesting because it's clearly a work in progress under Graham Potter. Yeah. We've seen, you know, through the whole season that we're not really sure exactly what the idea is or what Graham Potter is trying to do with this team. However, he's got loads of new players now, loads of new signings that he can integrate in his team. What we've seen at Benfica certainly with, with Enzo is that Florentino Luis was playing next to him in a double pivot. Florentino Luis was a more defensive-minded midfielder who is also tough, who he just likes the fight with and letting almost Enzo to do the creativity, the progressive, progressive passing, sorry, progressive carries of the ball as well, which is that he's been excellent in Portugal all through the first half of the season. Is there a player like that right now in the Chelsea squads? I'm not so sure. We said that maybe Zakaria is the best complement of Enzo in this team. You can play Enzo and Kovacic and asking Enzo to sit a little bit more, but you would lose a bit of what makes him special, I think. So, Grand Potter will have to find the right formula. I would think that now, if it's taken them three weeks... 
that in those three weeks' time, Graham Potter had plenty of time, him and his staff, to work out already, okay, we're getting this jewel now. This is how he's played before. All the stars, they've got everything. I would be surprised if they don't already have a plan for him, otherwise it would be bonkers. Uh, that's starting 11. <laughs> is that good enough to close the gap and get a top four finish? Uh, no. <laughs> I looked at that midfield and it didn't, it didn't inspire me. Kovacic, Fernandez, and Mer. It didn't inspire me. Kovacic, I'm, I'm, what has he given Chelsea this year? Not a lot. Mount's not given much this year. And but, you've got a guy, a young guy, 22, who's coming for 120 million, who's going to have pressure on him when he steps on the field. Every single eye in the world of football will be expecting for 120 million this guy to hit the ground running. But to that, but to that point, Stevie, um, you look up front, Mudrick, okay, not had an awful lot to go on, but what we've seen so far, he's not, looked very not play good. The game. John Felix. Not play the game. I'm just saying, got not an awful lot to go on, but what we've seen so far has looked pretty good. I still think that Chelsea's biggest miss is that out-and-out goal scorer. Havertz, good player, but he's not the goal scorer that, that Chelsea need in terms of um, certainly challenging, challenging the, the, the top two in the Premier League table. So I, this team continues to take shape, but I still think it's a way off from, from we, really worrying what we know of Manchester City and what we've seen of Arsenal so far this season. Gab, what are Chelsea fans saying? Obviously, we're, we're talking here with a kind of sensible heads-on. They must just be like, good, we need players. At least someone's going out there and spending the money to get them. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, they'd rather the, the, the club showed ambition and spent money than, uh, than not spent money. Chelsea fans, longer-standing Chelsea fans who, who remember the Roman Abramovich years are used to spending money. Um, I think right now the, the concern is more about Graham Potter and where they are on the table. But obviously, when it comes to Enzo Fernandez, you know, this is somebody everybody saw on television. You saw him lifting the World Cup. Um, I think he's going to excite people. Mudrik as well, if, if you watch the Champions League. Um, some of these younger guys who, who came in, uh, whether it's Ofana, even, even you know, Bayashil, who is it? like a no-name, but he is a younger player. I think people are gonna say, all right, we gotta put our trust into this, that, that they know what they're doing, because you know, this isn't like the days when you know, they were signing Crespo and, and Shevchenko. Um, they've decided to go, uh, not so much Enzo, so, but with some of the other ones, they decided to go for, for perhaps players who had an upside, who were younger, um, and who still cost a lot of money. Um, because I guarantee you, you know, probably not that many Chelsea fans had Malo Gusto uh, posters up on their walls last summer. Uh, Gab, the, the question is, and I know we don't really have time to, to kind of go in depth with this, are they basically giving these long contracts, which means that the money's spread over time, which means they can kind of dodge financial fair play? Is that too simplistic? It's a little simplistic. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a financial fair play dodge because UEFA are very likely to pass a rule saying that because a lot of countries within UEFA have a limit of five years, they can say, well, you can give the guy a 50-year contract if you like, uh, but we're going to calculate the FFP amortization over five years. Um, I think Chelsea are prepared for that. Obviously, in a case like this, um, between the wages and the transfer fee, if they are going to calculate it over five years, you know, you're looking at taking a hit of something in the order of, what, 35 million um, each year. 
that is that is a really really a ton a ton of money um, for the duration of the contract. So how that shakes out, uh, we'll see. But you know, Todd Bowley has enough people advising him. They know what financial fair play is going to look like. They know the new financial sustainability rules, and I would imagine that they wouldn't have done this if they didn't feel that they could go and meet the requirements. Top four, Don. This season, not for me. Not for me. I'll tell you what it does, Dan. I think it puts an awful lot of pressure on Graham Potter. I think with the sign-ins and the 600 million that's been spent since the summer and close to 300 million in this window, it puts a lot of pressure on their league position. If they don't rise, and even if they miss out on top four, if they go from 10th to, say, 5th, and they finish the season well, and you could see what the project was going to be like, and you could see the style of player, and you see the the work that the players like Enzo Fernandez and Mudrick are going to bring in the next few months, then you can be optimistic, I think, as a Chelsea fan for next season. I don't think they make it this season, though. Okay, we saw Jules texting away. Obviously, there are still deals to be 100%. What are you laughing at, Shaq? I'm just texting Jules doing the deal. (laughs) (laughs) Jules finalising the deals. Um, Hakim Zayek to, to PSG, Jules? Well, yeah, that one was done. We were told it was done half an hour ago and, and that it was all agreed on the loan without an obligation to buy, without an option to buy full stop from, uh, for PhD from Chelsea. And, and now I, I got a few messages about maybe an issue with the paperwork. Although PSG is saying that they filed on time, but maybe, mm. and the problem was on the, the league's end. So the LFP, which is the French league, the issue maybe was on their end, which in that case, I mean, PSG feel that maybe they have a case to say, listen, we, we sent on time. It was not our fault. So I need to find out a little bit more about what happens. But it was certainly agreed on time. And then they had to file the paperwork, as you do for those kind of transfers, especially international transfer, um, which PSG were confident would be OK. But now it seems that there might have been a little issue on the league's end. Uh, aside from the little issue, if he does go, uh, Jules, where does he play? That's the big question. I mean, as a, as a PSG fan, I said to Gareth earlier, my dream is to see this um, 4-4-2 flat with Ziyech on the right, Neymar on the left, and a front two of Messi and Mbappe. I don't know who would defend in that team. I don't really care to be fair. I don't know who would be the two poor guys who play as, as a double pivot. I don't care either. I mean, me and Gab can play, Stevie and Shaka can play there. Don, if he wants to, I don't care. It's not going to happen. I love Hakim Ziyech, I have to say. I, I, you're right, I don't know where he fits. I don't know how much game time he would get. It's a better option than what you had before when Sarabia, who's not a very good footballer, was there at the club. At least it's an upgrade. But I don't know, I don't think the problem really was attacking-wise. I think they have other issues to sort out and they haven't really addressed them in this transfer window, which is my issue. But he's a talented player for sure and and for a six-month loan, you don't really take any risk. I hope he can bring a bit of creativity, but again, it's not what they like. But I don't know, I'm hoping that he can bring something to that team nevertheless. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Surprisingly today, maybe, Jorginho out at Stamford Bridge and he's heading to Arsenal Gab. This seemed to move very quickly. It did, and I think this is, uh, this is really a tremendous uh, move for Chelsea. Um, simply because Jorginho was in a... He had six months remaining on his contract. Um, it wasn't clear that, that he was going to get a new one. Uh, he'd obviously been linked with, uh, with, with, with a return elsewhere. I think free agency appealed to him, but you know what? I think winning a Premier League title uh, appeals to him uh, even more. So to be able to get, you know, I think it's 10 million um, in, in base fee plus up to 2 million in bonuses, from Chelsea's perspective for a player, uh, and getting his, his wages off the books as well, um, for a player who, you know, would have gotten you zero in the summer because he would have been a free agent. That's a tremendous uh, piece of business. From Arsenal's perspective, it's an 18-month deal. So I think that also works for Jorginho because I think he's going to have, you know, if things don't work out at Arsenal, he's he'll be coming up to free agency again soon in just 18 months' time. So from Arsenal's perspective, they're getting a, a proven winner, a Champions League winner, and of course, uh, a Euro uh, winner as well. And, you know, not too many guys at Arsenal, except for the, uh, the Man City lads, um, maybe Thomas Partey have really won anything before so I think that matters as well and it's a guy Arteta has liked for a very very long time I mean don't forget uh, he was very close to signing for, for Manchester City back when uh, Arteta was was uh, was Pep's assistant uh, a few years back uh, how does this make you feel about your $50 bet Stevie do you want to know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm with Gab I think this is a great signing for Arsenal fantastic you know if, if Shaka and Party don't play the drop off is really big right the fact that they've got Jorginho now the drop off is small it's tiny so no I think this is a fantastic piece of business I, I, I agree it, it's a fantastic piece of business for Arsenal I'm, I'm not so sure it's a great piece of business for, for, for Jorginho to go from Chelsea where he wasn't playing and in all honesty I don't see Arteta splitting up that partnership between between Partey and, and, and Shaka so uh, Jorginho is sitting, waiting, hoping for an injury, which is never a good, good place to be as, as a player, hoping for a teammate to, to get injured, for you to get your chance. Um, so if, from that perspective, it, it's a little bit confusing. But if you're Arteta, if you're Arsenal, you like 
the addition, the, the addition, the cover that a player of this quality brings. Does this make them even stronger favourites in your eyes to win the title, Don? Um, tiny percentage, Dan. I think it's a smart signing. I can remember speaking to Frank Lampard when he was going through a bad time at Chelsea in uh, terms of results. Yeah, well, as we get to no, win. no, no. Because he was talking about Jorginho and he said he's, <laughs> he's one of the very few in a bad time that had the personality to get on the ball and wanted the ball. And I was watching Chelsea over that bad period and he was absolutely right. You know, and he'll be a perfect fit, I think, for Arsenal going back into Europe next month. It's another body for Premier League work. The, the squad's probably going to be overstretched in the coming months. They're pushing for titles. Um, I think it's a great signing. I think in the latter part in games, if Thomas Partey's struggling or Granit Xhaka or one or two young boys lose a little bit of confidence or form, you bring in, like Gab said, in a serial winner that's done a lot, won everything, and he plays the game the way he plays the game. He's very cultured on the ball. As I said, he's a personality. I think it's a wonderful sign, and I think he'll fit in really well. Uh, that surprised us, as did movement from Manchester United. We weren't expecting them to make any additions to their squad in the latter stage of the transfer window, but that hand was somewhat forced. Ten Hag, speaking ahead of the game against Nottingham Forest, uh, confirmed that Christian Eriksen will be out until at least the end of April after this horror challenge that we saw against Reading. So obviously, reinforcements needed to be brought in and United seemed to move quite quickly on this as it's, uh, as I say, yet to be 100% confirmed. But making that lone move from Bayern, of course, joined Bayern from uh, Leipzig, but it's hardly featured at all. Uh, but it is a replacement for, for Ericsson, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, as far as his CV is concerned, it's, it's great on such short notice to be able to pick up a guy uh, of his quality uh, and his experience. I guess in question marks if he's fit, because as, as you said, he's hardly kicked a ball all year. But when you've only got a couple of hours yep. to, to make a sign-in, it, it's not a bad gamble to sign somebody of his quality. Nagelsmann loved him. Uh, Jules, and it was one of his players that he wanted to come to Bayern. Never really, though, seemed to get himself in the starting eleven. No, you're right, really strange. Um, the move at the time made sense in a way because he was very good with Leipzig. Uh, he was getting close to the end of his contract. He had a year left, so they got him on a cheap at Bayern, which is usually what they do. And then you thought, okay, this is, even with Goretzka and Kimmich, this is great. He never adapted maybe to the mentality, to the size of the club, I don't know, to the competition, maybe because he was certain to be a starter all the time at Leipzig. And then suddenly he became like, okay, you need to earn your place in this Bayern team. And if you get the Leipzig version at United, I think this is a great signing that, that we love. If you get the Sabitzer that we saw Bayern out of confidence, out of, like, you know, of game fitness, match fitness, if you want, I'm not so sure that in the space of four months, he'd be able to be, to find all of that again, to be back to the Sabitzer from Leipzig. So on paper, it looks interesting. I just don't know if Ten Hag will have enough time to almost revive his career, to find his form again. But I guess Ten Hag, different profile, by the way, than, than Ericsson. Very, very different style mm. of player. Let's not forget. So number-wise, he's a replacement in the squad, but he's not really a replacement on the pitch. So I'm, I'm waiting to see how that could work. Go on, Gap. No, I, I completely agree. I, I think it was imperative to get a body in because, you know, without Ericsson, 
he plays with with two central midfielders, and without Eriksson, it's Fred, it's McTominay, it's Casemiro. I mean, there's literally nobody else mm-hmm. unless you want to bring mm-hmm. Phil Jones back into midfield. No, yeah, you want to want to go there. Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, so, but but Sabitzer does play different. We might see maybe more of of a pressing um, United United pressing differently than you might do with with Eriksson again because it's something Sabitzer did before. Uh, and he's got the skill set to do that. But um, Stuhl said, not a lot of time to work in him, um, but, you know, you had to bring somebody in. Can they finish top four without Eriksson, Don? Uh, they can. I, I don't think Christian Eriksson was ever going to be the man that would define whether they could get top four or not. I think what I liked about what Ten Hag done to Christian Eriksson, he proved that he can play him in a deeper role um, alongside Casemiro. They sort of played together, and I wouldn't have thought ever really not many managers have ever played Christian Eriksen as a sort of traditional number eight. They've always played him one of the three boys in behind the striker. So he's done that to him. He's improved his game where now he's looking forward. So obviously he's gone out the side. Donny van der Beek, another one that Ten Hag's lost through injury. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Sabitzer comes in, who's not again in that sort of traditional eight. He's more of a 10 as well. So a good football brain, like Jules said as well, if you get the Leipzig version, he was close to being a one and three man. So he's got more goals in the locker, I think, than Christian Eriksen. Um, so I think Ten Hag will use him and he's got a very good football brain. So maybe play him a little bit deeper. But, you know, you're bringing a very, very good body in and you're bringing a really exciting player in if he's fit. Uh, elsewhere, someone who's leaving Manchester for Bayern is, of course, Jao Cancelo. We reported this as it broke yesterday. The alone moon confirmed today. Uh, Jules, reading reports on this, it sounds like that Cancelo, not in a starting 11, is quite a toxic presence within the squad, so this kind of made sense from Pep Guardiola's point of view to ship him off. Yeah, that's right, there's a couple of things. The fact that he lost his place in the team and didn't take it well at all. I mean, I guess you wouldn't, but Sonny's attitude was was an issue. Pep didn't like the, the way he was behaving after losing his place in the team. He also wanted to go, and I think Pep has been pretty clear before, if a player doesn't want to be a Manchester City, doesn't want to be part of their squad, then the club would try everything to, to, to shift him. And that's exactly what happened with Joao Cancelo. He's, he found a club in Bayern who was badly in need of a fullback because of the injuries that they have, because of the players out of form like, like Benjamin Pavard, for example, even Alfonso Davis to a certain extent. No Lucas Hernandez, of course. Stanisic is still a bit raw, so they needed someone badly. There's, a, there's an option to buy for 70 million uh, euros in the summer for someone who's going to turn 30, uh, 29 sorry, in May. I don't think they would trigger that, but maybe if he has a very but, good four month. But, but again, if he's the version that we saw, the very good version of Cancelo, why not? But again, he's not going to defend much and they don't play with, event, with inverted fullbacks. So you're not going to get the version that you got at, at his best at City either. I mean, I think... They don't play with inverted fullbacks, but if, if, if it's the best Cancelo, you will make an accommodation for him. You can play him on the left or on the mm-hmm. right. It's not going to make sure. a difference. And as far as the option to buy is concerned, we should need to make this very, very clear. If the stories are true of, of a serious falling out with Pat, um, they can write 70 million, but if he's there, if he's happy, and they go to, to City, hey, we're going to keep him and we'll only give you 30 million, I think it's that stage. Going back to what Pep said, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to be here, uh, they're not going to keep an unhappy player. Remember, the group is so important to to Pep Guardiola. So, I mean, I think this is potentially together with the Enzo deal. This is 
potentially the biggest, if it works out, it is potentially the biggest uh, or most important deal that we've seen in the window. How big a loss is this to City, Don? I was thinking exactly the same thing, Dan. I think this is a horrendous loss for Man City. It's obviously a gain for Bayern, but in my opinion, Cancelo's their best fullback by a million miles. He plays the game, you know, at fullback like he's a number 10. He's got absolute quality. He could easily step into midfield. So you're asking an awful lot now of the fullbacks that Man City have got to try and chase down a Champions League, to try and chase down an Arsenal when you lose your best fullback. Now, I get the dynamics when you fall out with a manager. He might think for the greater good of the dressing room, it might be best moving him on. But now the window's closed and you haven't got a fullback like Cancelo is, that makes Man City, in my opinion, a whole lot weaker. You're pulling a face at Don, Stevie. No, I don't. I just, I'm just thinking, I don't, I don't see how Cancelo is so, so big. You know, for, for all the points that you might think he'll gain playing for City, if he's such a bigger pain in the backside in the dressing room, he'll lose you more points. So I'm not too bothered that Cancelo's gone. I, I don't see it as that huge. What about uh, for Bayern, Shaq? Um, I, I, I don't think that that's Bayern's greatest need right now. I, I think Bayern's greatest need is, is, is somebody creative in, in, in midfield. And, and Cancelo, even the good version of Cancelo, isn't, isn't exactly that. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't solve their biggest problem for, for me. And, and so well, I appreciate you bringing a, a good player in. Um, I, I think there's a greater need. Uh, Gab, where do you stand on Cancelo and how much of an impact it could have on City's title chances? I mean, look, if Guardiola's made his decisions, Guardiola may also feel um, <clears throat> that with Erling Haaland in there, Maybe you need a different kind of service. I mean, let's not forget, we, we talked about sort of the fullback stepping into midfield and, and playmaking, which is what Cancelo does, more so than being sort of an up-and-down-the-wing delivering crosses type winger. Uh, they had another guy who did that, uh, Zinchenko, who's now doing it at Arsenal. Maybe when your forward is, is Erling Haaland, you want something different from, uh, from your fullback in, in terms of service and crosses. Maybe the evolution's there. Um, but in terms of Cancelo being this big troublemaker and so Pepe to get rid of him, kind of feel with, with certain clubs, and I think it's certainly the case with Manchester City, player moves on, it's an unexpected move, the player was a big star, we get the club version of, of what happened. Um, we don't have the other version. But wasn't version. he grumpy at Portugal we as well, Gab? Didn't he, didn't he cause problems there felt. in the World Cup, no. though, as well? So why else are they letting him go? What, what version are you looking for? I just, I the, just told you the, why. Maybe you, feel that, maybe you feel that when you have Erling Haaland, you need a different type of service for him uh, than, than what Joao Cancelo might, might offer going in midfield. Maybe you feel that Nathan Ake can, can deliver that down the left. Uh, meanwhile, away from Jao Cancelo, let's focus on Spurs, shall we? They got a deal done late in the day. Pedro Porro to make the move uh, from Sporting for a reported 45 million euros. Uh, Gabble Jules, who has seen Pedro Porro more? What can you tell us about him? Yeah, I mean, he's a right wing back, um, very used to that system, not so much a back four as a right back, but a right wing back, that's how Sporting played and uh, Ruben Amorim has been very good, especially the, 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 the title season, where he was really exceptional, he's a former uh, La Masia and former Manchester City player, by the way, who, who never played, never got to play for the first team and City, by the way, 
are getting some of that money that Spurs have paid, the 45 million euros. I think he's going to get 10 million for City for a player that's never played for them. He's pretty good. But he's very exciting and they had many issues with the right wing backs because Emerson Royal is not very good, not, neither is Doherty, Jens Spence neither. So in the end, it made a lot of sense for them to invest heavily on someone and certainly 45 million euros is a lot of money for someone like Pedro Porro, but I think they, they really believe that he can make a difference. He's 23 years old as yeah, well. Like he has an upside. Plenty of time, yeah. Uh, Conte will still moan about it though, won't he, Gam? <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't deliver, if he doesn't, you know, you know he's there, he's got to work, work, work. But I, I think it's interesting though, when we talk about Spurs' recruitment, um, Conte's contract, as you know, expires in June, um, and he's not signed a new one or really been offered a new one, uh, realistically, for, from, from what we understand. Fabio Paratici, their head of recruitment, has this massive court case and this ban, which he's going to appeal, but, you know, um, I think this is what you might... I, I think it's interesting to read this because from what Jules was saying about Porro, you know, kind of needing to play as a wing-back, um, you know, rather than a flat-back four and whatever else, it does maybe point to the fact that in their minds, Spurs are saying, right, let's give Conte what he needs now, and if it works out, you know, we do our best to, to, to make sure that he stays, to make sure that we reach a deal. Um, because, like I said, this isn't accommodating people who you know are going to be part of your future for, for the next three to five years. Of course, Jules, we're live now. Apparently, the transfer deadline is closed. That's what's supposed to happen is we talk about transfers that have gone through, yet we're still in a situation, we're still in limbo with Enzo. We mentioned Zayek as well. Sabista's yet to be confirmed. Why is there such a faff? Everybody knows the rules. Why can't it all get done before? And then we can just go on air and our producer's not going to break down in my ear. <laughs> it's a good question, to be fair. I mean, Gab can explain that the, the, the system in which you have to file the transfer uh, sometimes takes time. The paperwork also has to be exchanged by the two clubs. That can take time. Often you've got, you're allowed a, a bit more time. Some, some clubs manage to just, you know, go around the rules a little bit. And sometimes you register a player at 1 a.m. when the deadline is midnight. So there, there's ways of doing it. But yeah, it seems that those big deals especially are always done right. The, yeah, so the, the, the way these deals are done, it's, it's, all, it's all online, uh, Dan. It's like, it's like doing your taxes, right? There's oh. this, for international transfers, uh, there's this thing called the FIFA transfer matching system. And you go and you Worst upload your documents ever, and you upload your contract. And the, uh, uh, the, the, the other party uh, goes and uploads their documents. And um, there are lawyers who check in real time. All right, everything matches. All the numbers are the same. All the signatures are the same. And then, you know, they hit a green button and the transfer is approved. At that point, then you need to register him with, with the league. You mentioned Ziyech before. Yeah. With FIFA TMS, there's no reason there should be a holdup, but maybe then the, the, the French league has to go and, and, and you know, tick some boxes with That's it. Right. And then comes the announcement. As long as you've uploaded the documents into the system uh, before the deadline, as far as FIFA's concerned, you're fine. But remember, that deadline is... That's not a FIFA deadline. The deadline for when the transfer window closes, that is set by the individual leagues, and they all have different times. Uh, so then in the end, it comes down to how does the league handle it? Does the league look at when it was uploaded to FIFA TMS and, and, and for, for the matching system? Uh, are there other criteria which, which come into play? So these are all things that, that could be 
uh, holding it up. All a club can do, really, is just hit that upload button, and then it's out of their hands. We should all be like Germany. At 6 o'clock, it closes, and then we've got plenty yes. of time for the show, and not, not, like, exactly. not, not a rush at the end. Yes. No, exactly. <laughs> I'd like you to see you uploading your documents onto the field. <laughs> 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 I'm getting a headache. <laughs> but we, this happened. Why do they not just get it done earlier, Gab? Because you're negotiating until the end to try to get the best possible deal, right? That, that's what, what you're trying to do. It should be pretty straightforward. I think in pretty much almost every case that we've talked about tonight, it's been pretty straightforward to go and negotiate the personal terms, right? Uh, back in the olden days, you negotiated with the club, you agreed a fee with the club, you asked then, you then uh, go and ask for permission to speak to the player and so on. And, now they say, well, this is stupid because if the player doesn't want to come, we can't reach a deal with him. There's no point negotiating with the other club. We don't want to tip your hand. So oftentimes the deal is done uh, with the player first, and then you have to go negotiate uh, with, with the club. And, you know, they're going to hold out to the last possible minute. They're going to want to find replacements. The, the Pedro Porro deal, for example, one of the things that was holding it up was Sporting wanted a replacement. They tried to get Hector Bellerin from, uh, from Barcelona. Well, Bellerin had a contract. He said, hey, life in Barcelona is pretty cool. This is a nice city. I've got roots here. Um, you know, I'm not playing. You know, all these things come into it. And it is like a chain, and, it, and sometimes, you know, it is a smaller part down the chain that, that is the big holdup. Um, because obviously the clock ticks down. Um, the medicals, you might have heard like, oh, he hasn't done his medical yet and so on. That's less important because a lot of times they put a rider in there that the deal is valid pending the medical. So he can take the medical, you know, the next day. And as long as there isn't something seriously wrong with him, the deal will still go through. Um, but yeah, this is the main reason why you wait the last minute. I mean, we talked about Chelsea. Chelsea made their initial offer at the start of the transfer window for Enzo Fernandez, yeah. right? Hindsight being 2020, if Chelsea knew that, hey, we were going to have to spend $120 million for him, they had the deal in place with the player already, why not get him at the start of the window? He could have played, played a couple of those games. Maybe they might have had some better results as well. Maybe they'd be further up the table. Maybe it could have been a different scenario. Um, so all these things really come into it. Don't bring back transfer memories for you. <laughs> yeah, watching Moneyball and how easy it was for Brad Pitt just sorting out a deal instead of all these computers and number crunching, just go and ring someone and say, how much do you want for him? Oh, it's, oh, it's a buyout clause. Oh, we've got to give 120 million. Anything less? No, no, the buyout clause 120. There you go. Pay the money. Do it on, do it three weeks ago. Uh, well, there we go. Uh, keeps us entertained, doesn't it? Supposedly. Uh, thank you very much to you, uh, Gab and Jules. Just a reminder, the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast is will be available on oh, Thursday. Gab and Eagles. Oh, I know Gab's got oh, Eagles. Oh, He's going to be all excited. Super Bowl <laughs> coming up, of course. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Newcastle are through to their first domestic final since 1999 after beating Southampton by two goals to one in the Carabao Cup semi-final second leg. They beat them 3-1 on aggregate, meaning that they are through to Wembley to most likely face at Manchester United. Don Hutchinson with your Newcastle ways. You must be very happy. Oh, honestly, Dan. I mean, when Anthony Gordon got presented to the St. James's crowd before the game, you could see the look on his face. You know, he's left Everton, gone to Newcastle, and it was a capacity crowd. War flags were out. It was black and white. There was colour everywhere. The noise, the atmosphere was electric. So then the game kicked off, and they went 2-0 up and absolutely cruising, playing like Brazil. Then all of a sudden, it got a little bit twitchy in the second half. Bruno Gimmarech deserved the red card. You know, it's probably a little bit similar to the Fabinho tackle that wasn't punished a couple of days ago. But I never really felt in danger. I think the scoreline was just enough away from Southampton. If it was, if it was, you know, three two on aggregate with five minutes ago, ten minutes ago, it would have been a little bit twitchy. But the two goal advantage was just enough to see them through. So yeah, Man United potentially in the final. Uh, yeah, most likely, isn't it? After they won the first leg against Forest three 0 Shaka, uh, you were at Newcastle when they made it to the FA Cup final in 1998. Just mm-hmm. give us an insight as to what this means to the city. Uh, a lot. Um, the, the city responds uh, to success. The city responds to a team that represents the the, the, the fan base as well as it can. Um, certainly. Felt like we did so through to the mid-90s, culminating in those cup finals in both 98 and then again in, in 99. And given the 15 months that this club has been through with the change of ownership, Mike Ashley going out, they, it's safe to say that nobody was a huge fan of Mike Ashley, and then the ownership coming in, and how they've been able to turn this team around. How they've been able to turn this team around thanks to this man, Eddie Howe, um, who's spent but not huge in a way... Um, in a way that I think the fans certainly appreciate the football the club is playing, the position in the league table, and now being back to a cup final, um, it just has been an incredible turnaround in, in 12, 15 months. What was telling me, saw in those scenes, Stevie, no one left in the full-time no. whistle. <laughs> they just wanted to celebrate this achievement. Well, if, if you talk to any job day, they'll tell you that they've been starved of success for so many years. Yeah. I mean... 1955, last time they won a, yep. a, a domestic silverware. So they've been crying out for it. And whenever you give them a sniff, they're going to take advantage. And you saw that today. The scenes before the game, as Don was saying, black and white everywhere, just excitement, emotion. And, of course, for me, that's why Newcastle started the game so well, that crowd just pushing them forward. Uh, Don, what would you take, a Champions League place or the Carabao Cup? Oh, what a question that is. What a question that is. That's evil, Dan. I think, yes, do you know what? Is. I think uh, it is. I think I take the Carabao Cup. 
in normal circumstances, if you're talking Liverpool, Man United, all the big teams, i.e. the you know the, the the established teams, if you like, they want Champions League football. But Newcastle are probably ahead of schedule. So Champions League football would be amazing for them. But I don't think any Geordie at the start of the season thought Newcastle will get into top four. I see an interview with Dan Byrne today, a local lad, a Newcastle fan. And he was, it was a great interview. He was driving from the training ground to St. James's Park. And he got asked a question. He was telling his teammates, he said, listen, if we win a trophy here, we'll be heroes forever. And that's how much Newcastle players are revered on Tyneside. Shaka knows. And I've stood on the Gallagher end all the way through, you know, from about eight till about 18. You know, I, I stood on the Gallagher end of the scoreboard. So I know what it's like. So if they win a trophy, Carabao Cup, I think they would snap your hands off. You agree, Shaq? Yeah, I, I, I yeah? don't... I, I don't. See, the question has been evil at all. I, I think it's pretty straightforward. Thank you, Shaky. I, I, no, I, I, for, for, for me, you, you take the Carabao Cup. I, I think the fans absolutely would. Um, meaningful silverware for the first time in, in, well, not the club's history, but in, in, since 1955. Um, and, and Don's right. You put your name on that cup. You put your name on silverware. Every single player at the club goes down in Geordie folklore. Uh, any concern that they haven't spent more in the January transfer window to try and solidify their chase for a top four place? Obviously, Anthony Gordon, the big signing, Don. Mm. No, not really, Dan. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Newcastle, with financial fair play, can afford to play fantasy football. Um, so I think the signings that they've made have been very, very good at steady away. There's more to come from the likes of Alexander Isak. Botman's just been an unbelievable sign and how he prized him away from the jaws of going to AC Milan. Nick Pope has got one of the best clean sheet records. I think Trippier was the major one coming from Atletico Madrid. He was the one down when he signed. He didn't want to release clause in his contract if Newcastle went down. So he sort of set the tone. You see the way he plays. He's got the armband. Newcastle fans love him. And I think at the moment, I think you're seeing a steady, you're seeing a steady rise in the in the standard of signings, which the Newcastle fans can get on board with. And I think it would be dangerous just to go out there and sign, you know, a, a really luxury player. Eddie Howe is not that type of manager. And I, by the way, I've got to hold my hand up and eat a little bit of humble pie with Eddie Howe when he got appointed. You know, when his Bournemouth teams were in the Premier League over the four or five seasons he was there, he was averaging 65 goals against. And he went into Newcastle, who was sitting rock bottom, one win, and I thought, it looks like an appointment to me that maybe if we go down, he's going to bring us back up again. I said last season, I'll stand by it. He should have got manager of the year. If we win the Carabao Cup against Newcastle in the top four this season, well ahead of schedule, he should be manager of the year this season as well. Uh, Manchester United then against Forest is tomorrow. United, massive favourites to book a place in the final against Newcastle. Coverage of that game starts at 2.30 Eastern on ESPN+. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And 
Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And most of what happens in extra time ends up in best of the month. Should we take a look at Stevie's preps uh, uh -huh. for today's show? Oh, here we go. Here, here we, we go, go. ready? Uh -huh. Look at uh -huh. it. This professional, <laughs> professional, <laughs> a true professional. Oh, you look good, Stevie. You look like you're 69 now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not Stevie puts them on when he's watching Liverpool. I just think Liverpool will score more goals than Brentford. I, I don't think it really turned out any different than what we thought it probably would. You know, you we predicted a Liverpool Brentford. win yesterday. What's the percentage chance that Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard both get fired this season? Zero. <laughs> Zilch. Ooh. Frank Lampard sacked as manager of Everton. This is why they haven't done very well. If you, I'm not sure if you played football, but these kind of things happen. Nader, have you ever played football, mate? Hey, listen, has he not seen my clips on YouTube? How dare you? Jurgen, do better. How do you pronounce it, Dan? It sounds like Duke Ellington. Uh, Joe Ellington is our Brazilian uh, researcher, and he wrote, Joe Linton is pronounced Joe Ellington. It's not pronounced Joe Linton. Oh, so right. there we go. It's, he's the reason. I did not say he was the reason. Just I said that. he's a contributing factor. I just asked factor. you the question, he's and you said that. a contributing factor. How can you oh, not? It's a contributing factor. How can you not agree So it's gone from his fault to your contributing factor. I did not say it. When did I say it's his fault? Oh, sorry. So whatever he comes out of your mouth counts now, as far as you're concerned. Him against Clock Part 2. You don't need to apologise. But you don't know about my career. <laughs> no, I know about your career. I know about your career. We don't say in French break a leg. We say, sorry, it's a, it's a bad word. We say, uh, Alan Shearer didn't win anything, did he? Um, Alan Shearer won the Premier League with... Blackburn? Oh, facts. Stupid facts. Stevie's got an infected finger. It's beautiful. <laughs> Tell you what, it's killed. Oh, it's yeah. bust. Oh, it's bust. Oh, it has its bust. I wonder what that smell is. God, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Oh. It is. That's what it smells. Oh, I wonder what that smell was. And you hey. see my underwear. You know, yes. the French flag. No one wants to see the whole of the moon. <laughs> there is some information that, that right. nobody needs in their lives. I'm going to start right now. I'm going to start right now. I'm going to start right now. There we go. Oh. Is, is that a photo or... Oh, no, don't do that. Frank, as a trained actor, can you do an American accent? Are you doing? No. <laughs> New York, New York, baby! These are, this, is, this is the glasses, the kind of reading glasses that normal people will wear. I don't know, Craig. Hands are much nicer. What are you much nicer? Yeah, yeah, yeah hands are nicer, hands yeah. are nicer, Craig. Yeah, yeah, hold on. So after an hour, I had no idea where it was. I asked the phone, I said, all right. He said, he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I went, what? He went, I'm lost. 
see a dog, but then there's a guy who wants forever sauce. <laughs> the electric man. <laughs> That's a very bright jacket, Steve. Oh, he, uh, the hunting season's just finished. What's that got to do with so hunting So I don't, get a, I don't get, get a bow and arrow through the back of me. Because oh, you look... Oh, because you... Where have we got the people from the Amazon set? What do you look like? We've got the woods... What animal do you The deer season's just finished. You so look I don't like want to be walking. Well, if somebody sees haggis... You look like a deer. Listen. It wouldn't be the first time somebody's dog's been. Well done, somebody's Stevie. Born I'm with you, my man. Had a bear or something. It's 2023. I mean, you just don't know what you're talking about. You get angry. You about just, me I know now. because you don't know. You actually, you're actually dead serious, and you don't know what you're talking about. Oh dear. We get paid for that nonsense. <laughs> it's quite something. <laughs> uh, Stevie, you feature quite a lot there. Makeup. Stinky finger, getting lost in the woods. Yeah, I can't believe the makeup one. What's that? Just. And do you know what? Do you see what he was wearing? His salmon shirt. <laughs> what salmon shirt? I don't have. Yeah, I don't have a salmon shirt. Salmon shirt. Oh yes, I do. Oh, ah. brilliant. Uh, that is it. That uh, brings us what to a the month. end. Uh, that brings us the end of today's show. Uh, stay tuned though, as extra time uh, is next. I've been told Jules is being made to stay long as well. He'll be joining us uh, along with Don. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you for your tweets. Shaq is here, as is Stevie. Uh, we weren't expecting Jules to be with us as well, but you've been made to stay, Jules. You must be delighted. What has been a rather quiet day for you, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I love, I love being with you still at midnight, you know, after yes. the day that we had to dance the other day. But this is family, you know, this is what we do. Yeah. Uh, I've got to ask you what the latest on Enzo is. Well, I believe, I believe it's, it's all done now that Chelsea filed on time. We're waiting that confirmation from the two clubs, uh, Benfica and, and, and Chelsea, to announce it officially on, you know, on their channels, on their social media accounts and everything. We will know as well from the Benfica uh, side uh, the exact details of the deal because they have to reveal them, unlike the, um, the Premier League clubs, for example. So we should get that probably tomorrow. I believe there's a, there's a few instalments, that's what Chelsea wanted with a 40 million euro uh, transfer, like payment straight away uh, before the instalments. So we should know a bit more the details exactly of the deals tomorrow from the Benfica's side of things. But for Chelsea, they, they're surely getting ready now to announce the signing of Edzo Fernandes. It's quite strange, Jules, to have you on with a caricature of yourself uh, looking <laughs> over your right shoulder and staring us down. There it is, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think mine is better than Gab, to be fair. Um, well, I mean, it's not the best. Yeah, Gab, it's I'm not, not the best. It's not the best. So, today, we spent a lot of time together, and normally there's a stupid Stevie story that comes out. <laughs> but it wasn't you who was the fool today, was it, Stevie? It was Dr. Shaka Hislop. Oh. Shaka? Yeah? Yes, Dan? Do you like to re retell the story? So, I got a call from a friend today. He said, his daughter asked him, his daughter asked him if there's any player who club ever let go and, and then they brought him back. So we had, we had just finished, yeah. we had just finished the pre-game pre for, for Newcastle. So we went Thierry so Henry. I asked Ronaldo, Thierry Henry, Fowler, Ronaldo, Robbie we started Fowler, going through Robbie games. Fowler. Robbie Fowler, we started thinking, it's like, yeah. And then about 10 or 15 minutes later, I remembered that uh, 
I left West Ham and went back. But <laughs> 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 I was one of those players. <laughs> genuinely took you that long I, as well, I, it, didn't it? It, it, it did. Yes. Okay, right. Shaka, do you think Chelsea has a chance of winning the Champions League with the new squad? Um, Have they got Dortmund? Is it Dortmund in the next round? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, listen, at, at, yeah. at, at, at this point, at, at this point, it, it's it's anybody's game. A worse Chelsea team than this one in was it 2012 um, when they went when they beat Bayern in the final. Yes. I, I don't think that Chelsea team was anywhere near as as as, as good as this one. You could even make an argument that. Um, Chelsea that eventually got the better of City. They were, they were, I thought they were certainly second best in, in that final. Um, Havertz scoring, so uh, they can. I'm not putting my money on it. What's more likely? Chelsea finish top four Dad. or Chelsea win the Champions League? Ooh. You probably have to say... I probably have to say the Champions League. Right. Because in the Premier League, they've been so inconsistent, so you wonder where they can pick enough points up to, to actually get in the top four. Whereas the Champions League, this is a knockout. Shaq has just told you that previous teams that weren't particularly great ended up winning the Champions League. So I would, I would say the Champions League. Don? Shane, club competition. I don't see them making 10 points up to try and get back into the top four. And it looks great, you know, when you sign all these players and it's amazing for the Chelsea fans to grasp onto. But Graham Potter's got to stick all these players together in a system and get them going straight away. Because you can imagine Chelsea losing the next couple of games with all these brand new signings being integrated into the team. That's not going to be easy. So I think I'd go with Stevie, Champions League Cup competition. Do you remember when you said Chelsea had a 0% chance of winning the Champions League, then they won it, Don? I know, and I also said Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard wouldn't get sucked this season as well, didn't I? <laughs> it's not a role. <laughs> uh, go on, Jones. Dan, I think we need to remind everybody that the seven signings that Chelsea have made in January won't all be able to play in the Champions League in the knockout oh. stages. Only three of the seven. So, Joao Felix, Mudrik, Badiashil, Madweke, Andre Santos, you know, Fofana and Enzo Fernandez, of course, among those seven, four will be left out from the Champions League squad, which means that, I don't know, let's say you keep Enzo, Mudrik and Badiashil, for example, and Joao Felix is not in the Champions League squad, but he's on fire in the league, for example, he will have to sit out the Champions League. So there will be a choice from Potter to make among those seven new signings. And some are young, Andre Santos is 18, I don't know if they, they would have played him in the Champions League anyway, but, but even, 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 even regardless of that, they will have to pick three of the sevens to put in the, in the Champions League squad. So that will have an impact also on the choices and the options that Potter will have in the Champions League. That's why we kept you, Jules. That's why you're here. Bang. Three out of the, three out of the seven. <laughs> Thank you. Ooh. Stevie, is the money spent on Gakpo and Nunez looking bad now? But Klopp uh, says there is no money left for the midfield. No, I don't think it makes them look bad. I certainly think they should have strengthened in the middle of the park. Um, I don't know whether the club possibly being for sale has got anything to do with that. Well, should, the they, same should they have not bought in Nunez and Gakpo and reinforced this midfield? I have no problem with them bringing Nunez in. Um, again, See, the argument with Gakpo is, is that the potential of Gakpo is huge and the price you can get him for right now is, is so good that even though it may not seem or it may not be your 
your need at that time, sometimes it just makes sense to make the signing. Right. So, yeah, they're not they're, they're not bad signings. They're just not exactly what they desperately need right now. Don, which team in your past made the biggest fanfare celebration for you when you arrived? Were you nervous or just excited in your first few days at each new club? Never got a fanfare. Never, oh. ever got a fanfare. And Anthony that's, that's Gordon had 50,000 fans chanting his name today, didn't he? That was brilliant. And amazing. <laughs> and I, and I, yeah, and I was very jealous because I was watching his, I was watching his face um, as he was walking out of St. James's Park. And he was like gasping, thinking like, what have I joined here? Like this is a steam train, so I've never had a fanfare. I think I think the, the most nervous I got, the most apprehensive I got, is when I signed for Everton, having previously played for Liverpool. So that was always going to be a little bit twitchy, a little bit edgy. But to be honest, Dad, I've never done anything conventional in my career. I was born in England, played for Scotland, played for West Ham, played for Millwall, uh, played for Liverpool, played for Everton. So there's so many things going on that I, it didn't phase me because of the type of player I was. All you got to do is stick a couple of tackles in, two foot someone, Everton fans will like you. Well, here you go. D didn't you play for Sunderland as well, Don? There you go, Shaq. Newcastle supporter, play for Sunderland. Weirdo. <laughs> Did you get a fanfare when you were, no. when you broke the English record for a goalkeeper? Nope. No? I, I um, So I, I signed the same summer that, that Newcastle signed. Ferdinand, Janola, Warren Barton. And then I came late and it was just before the start of the season. Newcastle right. were playing up in up in Scotland. I can't remember exactly where and there was no no fanfare. No there's no many's ever had a fanfare. Nobody does nobody used to do that. Nobody used to do that. Fans no. No. Oh, they're, they're a big fan. I've been to Big no. Fan. I've been at Ronaldo's presentation when it was full. Bernabeu was full. In Spain. They, they do that in Spain. Spain. But no, no, no. English clubs do that. Not as good as the Santi Cathola presentation. Have you seen that? Ooh, no. That's when, that, that's when the magician makes him appear in like a, a, an empty vessel, Shoot. covers it up, smoke, and then out comes Santi Cathola. Oh, like oh fancy. Fantastic. Uh, but look, Jules is working on another deal. Jules, oh, Jules, Jules, Jules is doing another deal. Always oh, text oh, his wife going, I've got to stay oh, late. Oh, look at this. Oh. Is Joe's like a like a policeman? Is he like a policeman? Does he have like snitches Ooh. all around the all around the world? Oh. Sending him information. Is that oh. what it is? You, yeah. Does he have to pay Informers. Oh. oh, that's so what like, it is. I'll tell you what, there's 50 euros. Right. If you call me and let me know when the deal's done. Oh. Is it one of those 50? deals? 50? Like, I, I like uh, how you 50. give the deal. <laughs> how much do you pay your sources, Jules? Nah, don't do that. You know, we do services for each other. That's what we do. That's how it works. Ah, uh, there you oh, go. You write a nice so story. Somebody, yeah. you know, is, oh, yeah. somebody snitches for you yes. and then you yeah. snitch for them. Oh, yeah. just the domino effect of snitching. <laughs> See, as soon as somebody does it once, that's you, you're involved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you. Just be careful who your friends are. <laughs> After Casado's statement to leave Brighton, how does the player readjust, readjust back with the squad and manager? And have you been in a dressing room when the player wanted to leave but ended up staying? Remind me what his statement was. It was, um, I love Brighton. I'm very, I'm very happy with everything that they've done for me in my career. But I'm out of here. I want to leave. Yeah. See ya. Players don't have a problem with that. No. Yeah. No. Adam Lallana said good riddance. No. When he was asked about well, it. Well, maybe Adam Lyon doesn't doesn't get on with Caicedo, but generally players, certainly players at a club like Brighton, as good as they are, as high as they are right now, every single player 
that plays at a club like Brighton wants to play for Chelsea or Man City or Liverpool or, or they want to play at the top teams. Right. So they all understand that sometimes you may just get one opportunity and you have to take it. So the fact that he says that, unless you've got a beef with him, like right. it seems like Lalana has, oh. nobody, not, every single one of them might do the same thing in their shoes. Play, players aren't gonna, players aren't gonna care one way or the other, as TV no. says, but the fans will, and the manager has to figure out um, how how he's gonna manage manage that. Well, Don says there's millions of casinos in the world, so it doesn't really matter. There is. That's all right. Yeah. There is. There it is. By the way, I, gu I, gu I guarantee you, Dan. I guarantee yeah. you, in our day, when he walked through the dressing room door, we'd all went boom. Right. And we'd have took the yeah. mickey out of him. We'd have took the mickey out of him. Five minutes later, everything's fine. Uh, what are your sources saying about Casado and the reaction he's going to get in the dressing room, uh, Jules? Uh, I don't know. I think it's done now. He didn't move. <laughs> he wanted to move. I think he's going to go back into it. The Zerbi needs him. He's very important in the system and how they play and how they build from the back. All that kind of things. And he will want to move again in the summer. And, and let's see if that... If that big if that big offer is there in the summer as well, let's hope for him that he finishes the season well, that there's no injury, there's no problems, and then see what Brighton do in the summer. You can understand from a Brighton point of view why they don't want to let him go, especially they didn't have time to get a replacement or would not have time to get a replacement. But you can also see why you would be disappointed that they didn't let him go when that offer was on the table. The Jerby um, was I'd good, like, wasn't he? I, 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 I just need to. I, I just need to. I need to make an official apology to Adam Lalana because he didn't say that about Casado. Trossard. Trossard. He said about Trossard. Well, you could have told me that before I started well, spouting I'd... on, Don. Well, I'm well, not. Well, I'm not Crystal Ball. I didn't realise you were going to say that about Casado. You said it about Trossard. <laughs> you heard it though. Well, I know, but I just wanted to sort of let it go. Apologise to Adam Milano for that. Um, Don, how does Jorginho rank on your all-important and carefully curated list of quality midfielders <laughs> that cost less than £50 million? How do you rate his move to Arsenal? I rate his move really good. £12 million quid, eight, that's £12 million. 18 months deal, I think, with an option of a third. The way he plays the game, I think he's perfect for Arteta's style. I think Arteta's always been a fan of his. I think it's a no-brainer. In, in, in the land of spending £120 million on a number eight that doesn't score a million goals, that cost £10 million last year. £12 million for him, who's won everything in the game, seems a bargain. Uh, meanwhile, Mark Cucurella learned Jorginho left Chelsea in the middle of an interview. This was great because they were asking him a series of questions, including uh, who's the most intelligent player. And he said, oh, Jorginho, no doubt about it. And they were like, well, you can't say him because he's left the club. And Cucurella's like, no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't gone. Like, yes, yeah, he has gone. Do the guys have any strange stories about finding out about a teammate's transfer? Must be weird. Like, you go in one day and they're gone. Yeah. Actually, was the, the only one I can think of that surprised me was Peter Beardsley. Right. When he went to Everton, from straight from Liverpool to Everton. I just, I just found it strange that you would let such a such a good player go. And did you have a conversation with him about it? Like, was there no, a no, he'd gone. Is there a little, like, a cake? No, oh. cook, a cookerella. <laughs> I thought, uh, he was gone. <laughs> you know, like, here. Yeah. Here they have a big ESPN, FC, ESPN sign, isn't it? Everyone signs it. You could have that. Best wishes. <laughs> I really want to know where you're going with it. Uh, you're back to oh, I really want to know where you're going. <laughs>
Shaq? I, I, I can't think. I can't think of anything. I, I, but, I mean, Janola uh, leaving Newcastle came as a little bit of a surprise to me, but that, that was in the summer. Right. Um, I, I don't think... I don't Did you, think. like, turn up and the goalkeeper you normally train with just gone somewhere? Nah. No? I, not, not... What about you, Don? I can't remember, Dan. I can't remember. Coley, Andy... Co well, you there were Andy Colshack when he left Newcastle. Nah, to go I, to I, I joined after Coley left. I joined after. Yeah, that was, that was a shock, being a Newcastle fan. Yeah. My only, my only strange one, Dan, was leaving Everton in a swap deal uh, with a young stat, Everton, who was going the other way to Sheffield United. Uh, and on the way to potentially sign a contract. Um, obviously, me and the lad weren't in touch, so we didn't know if I was going to accept the terms. He didn't know. Sorry, I didn't know if he was going to accept his terms at Sheffield United. So we both going the other way. He's going from Everton to Sheffield United. I'm on the motorway going the other way. And I had to just sit in the hotel with my agent, watching Sky Sports and watching the ticker going across the bottom to see if the kid had landed in Sheffield to do his medical. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, please pass your medical, please pass your medical. He passed his medical, he got the phone call, get yourself to Goodison, you're good to sign, but it was stressful. Oh, exciting. Uh, Shaka, since you've become the mayor of Newcastle, they've gone from strength to strength. It's yes. Yeah. Since yes. you're given freedom of the city, they've done extremely well. That's the effect they have, Dan. <laughs> that is the only reason, clearly, as to why yes. their success yes. has come. I'm just, uh, just, just don't remind me there. I don't know whether you guys will remember a guy called um, Derek Statham. No, no. Mm. Well, he was mm -hmm. a great left back, and unfortunately, he didn't play for England. I don't think he played for England at all, only because there were so many good left backs then. But Graham Souness was signing him for Liverpool on a short-term deal. Okay. Now, this is a guy who'd been at West Brom pretty much his whole career. He'd been, yes, in the first division, but basically in the middle of the first division his whole career. Never won anything. Gets a chance to go to Liverpool. Signs, they agree all the terms, signs the whole thing. And then he has his medical. And he failed his medical. Oh. And, I and I remember walking into the, the, the players' lounge and he was on the phone to somebody. And I just, I, I kind of, I didn't know. And I turned around and I said, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, congratulations. And he just looked at me and went, I'm not saying it. And the, his face, it was like the blood drained out of his face. Oh. I mean, you talk about disappointed. What an absolute nightmare for the guy. What a lovely, uplifting story. Shaka, oh. uh, since you've become the mayor of Newcastle, they've gone from strength to strength. Yes! You've had to run for the sporting body of Trinidad and Tobago. No! <laughs> Is the short answer to that question? Wow. No. No? A definitive no. Wow, that's very definitive. It's... What, uh, if, what if he became one of Jules's special sources at the uh, sports... Let's change him in. Because then financially... <laughs> yeah. well, <laughs> well, how is that supposed to change things, being, being one of Jules's... Well, financially he could reward you. He already says he doesn't reward oh, yeah. his... Yeah, right. His, his, uh... OK, uh, that is it. Jules, before we go, just give us an update. Enzo, not confirmed yet? Not yet, no, but Marcel Sabitzer to Manchester United, oh. as we explained on the show. This one has been announced just now by Manchester United for the loan from Bayern Munich. It all went really quickly. He flew over from Munich, went to Carrington to do his, or to the hospital to do his medical. It's all down now. And I, I mean, he won't, be, he won't be able to play tomorrow, but he should be able to play at the weekend uh, and then in midweek, because United have obviously uh, two games coming up back-to-back -back now in the league. How do you get from Munich to Manchester? He flew, flew, flew in. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
And what about that other one, that Zayek guy? What's he up to? So the, the latest I got from PSG is that they believe they did everything on time, that the problem, as we said on the show, was on the uh, the league's end. Their system seems to have um, like broke down through, through oh, the Stevie. evening. Uh, the league, maybe they were just too many deals, really I, I don't know. But no, it's true, it's, it's a true story, I promise you. Um, so they have to wait until tomorrow to see if, um, you know, FIFA and and the league, etc. can sort this. this ah, they're still quite positive that the deal will go through, but we'll have to wait until tomorrow. That's it. How long does it take to get home from the studios, Jules? Now, obviously, there's no traffic at this time, so 45 minutes. I've, I've been Aww. in my bed in an hour, so thank you very much for, you know, for having me on tonight for so long. I can stay longer if you want me to, you know. No, can... no that's fine. How long will it take you to get to bed, Don? Uh, Ten seconds. She's <laughs> oh, oh, gonna fall over. She's, she's got you sleeping in the garage again. Yes, <laughs> BNFC is back on tomorrow. Be sure to join us. Uh, of course, more reaction to what we've seen on Transfer Deadline Day. Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash FC.